Blog Talk Radio. I'm not guilty. You're the one who's guilty. The lawmakers, the politicians, the Colombian drug lords, all you who lobby against making drugs legal, just like you did with alcohol during the prohibition. You're the one who's guilty. I mean, come on, let's kick the ballistics here. Ain't no Uzis made in Harlem. I mean, not one of us in here owns a poppy feet. This thing is bigger than Nino Brown. This is big business. This is the American way. to another radio show, a broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind, a journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination, imagination. that's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio, with your guides, Dee Bert, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. Mind expansion engaged. away from Captain America 3, the Civil War. I think we're closing in. Folks, this is, well, you know what it is. It's the Midweek in Review edition of Afro Nerd featuring Captain Kirk. The call-in number, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Shout out, as always, to the tangential producer of our podcast, The Oracle, a.k.a. my dad, he came up with an idea that I cannot deny that I'm going to have to honor because it just makes sense. I spoke with him um, earlier today, and he said, you know what? You may want to have a segment because of your, your iconic support for his royal badness. You may want to have a segment entitled The Purple Room. I said, my, my first reaction sometimes when my, when my father comes up with an idea is to be like, you know, the tangential producer thing is just a, a tagline. It's not real. But it is real. Because when he does come up with something, 98.9% of the time I will have to actually consider it, and I usually do. And I think the Purple Room, the purple room is apropos. I'm seeing other personalities, uh, radio show hosts. Uh, even talk show hosts like Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams, uh, I just happened to glance something um, of a clip of hers recently, and she said that she's going to immortalize her chair as an official purple chair or prince chair. So I'm thinking people are starting to take hold of this. Uh, you know, something else that irritates me, 
Um, well, it doesn't irritate me, but well, actually, it does irritate me. Uh, I don't want to be confused with something my my dad did. That doesn't irritate me. But what what it gets to me is that now, now all of a sudden, people are starting to figure out that this might have been the baddest guy musically on the planet. I'm hearing a lot of heavyweights come in and say, this guy was pretty nice on the guitar. I mean, you know, they're really starting to stuff that I've known. I, I have never wavered my support for Prince Rogers Nelson for his musical ability, not whatsoever. But now everyone's starting to, and this is what happens in, in, after death. And I mean, you get, you become immortalized, but the truth comes out, but you have to be literally in the grave before someone actually makes that admission. Anyway, folks, I'm going, I'm going to figure out, the captain and myself, we're going to figure out exactly what we're going to do with the Purple Room. You know, we have the Blue Area segment, which we'll have to uh, be more, more consistent with. But maybe the Purple Room might be something to do with charity. Uh, we'll figure it out. Anyway, still channeling his royal badness. I'm going to go in and out of his music for about a month or so, folks, because that's just the way it is. You're just going to have to deal with it. The man was the baddest man on the planet. Uh, let's go to, I believe this is a live cut, actually, from the Diamonds and Pearl album going back some time. This is The Max. The Max. Give you a few moments, then we'll get into the discourse. We'll be right back. Let's groove. Get it. 
Turn all the lights off. Put it For Max, Prince, the late Prince Rogers Nelson. Folks, we're back in the fold. This is the Midweek Review edition of Afro Nerd featuring, guess who? Captain Kirk. Captain, you're needed in the modernized laundry room on the USS Enterprise. Let's get to it, sir. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. celebrities have died. Don't wait until they die. And I'm telling you right now, give you the prophetic word, a lot more are going to die this year. A lot more. Just as I told you in January, but coincidence, coincidence, and coincidence, we have June 6, 2016, a 666 mark of the beast, which ties into the Queen's birthday. Sorry, NSA. Sorry, NSA. I'm sorry. Sorry, I just had to do it. So, Mark of the Beast, the Antichrist force. A lot more celebrities are going to die. And you know what they say about celebrities? Coincidence. They sell their soul to the devil. Coincidence. Nothing more, nothing more. So those of you who have the means, start celebrating these celebrities. Excuse my words. Those of you who have the means, start celebrating these celebrities' lives. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Let's go after on earth. Okay, Cap, listen, uh, again, I'm going to be all over the place. We only have about 90 minutes, and we can be quite verbose, but I, I, I'm going to be all over the place. That's just going to be one of these jazzy kind of conversational uh, freedom of thought deals. Um, this, is, this is my new toy right now, Cap. This is my new toy. Put some respect on my name. That's my new toy. Hold on. Put some respect on my name. Shout out to Birdman, a.k.a. Baby. Uh, <laughs> listen, I hate the fact that on occasion we have to discuss ratchetry. No such word, but I'm putting it out there. Ratchetry and just nonsense. And it's, somehow I'm able, I feel like I'm able to pull out some sort of genius out of madness. Maybe that's my talent. Now, famously, I think within the last few days, maybe it's been a week long, Birdman, the uh, New Orleans rapper slash producer, a man of means, if I'm let, let to believe this, his face is tattooed, hearkening back to... Uh, the type of black person that Bill O'Reilly spoke about that we never see beyond Mike Tyson. Well, this is another 
person that has tattoos on his face. I'm kind of just joking there about Bill O'Reilly, but uh, this is a black person with tattoos on his face. So I'm pretty sure there's there's one or two floating around to to prove in in Bill O'Reilly's madness his point in his madness. Anyway, Birdman makes a visit to 105.1, which is the hip hop station, local hip hop station with Charlemagne and uh, uh, what's her name? Yee, Angela Yee, and DJ Envy. DJ Envy is a uh, Hampton graduate, by the way. Anyway, uh, he's only there for about two minutes, Cap. Did you happen to see this, by the way? It's all over YouTube. I think it's got like, it might have actually seven million hits. Negative, I didn't see it. Did you hear about it? Yeah, I heard about it. Okay. I'm going to play this. It's like two minutes. And I thought it was the most ignorant thing I've ever seen. And I also thought that by this young man's speech pattern, because I think he's probably late 30s, early 40s, at that, if that much, probably early 40s. Um, he's clearly a Negro whose email account was hacked, and he never got the message that slavery is over. He just didn't get it. And you you understand why why I say that. So I'm gonna play this 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 clip, and then we'll lead into Beyonce's lemonade and that nonsense, and then we'll try to get to some some more serious fare, such as Detroit youth who have been honored to or bear the distinction of placing number one first in in chess in a chess championship nationally. So that's more my that's more our more our stilo at Afrona Radio, but. I will talk about ratchetry and then analyze it. So anyway, I'm going to explain to you why I, I, I'm playing this clip after I actually play it. Hold on. Birdman at 105.1. Y'all ready? Yes, sir. I want to start this shit off straight telling all three of y'all stop playing with my name. Let's go on in. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. Let's, go Let's do it on camera. Stop playing with my name. Let's I ain't go gonna right on in. Uh, nigga, when my name come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. All drill, y'all. Stop playing with my name. I ain't gonna say it no more. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. He done cursed us out. Tell him, tell him, get it off your chest, bird man. This is already. Cause I I don't understand the angle like what like what did it already so why I come here I did it already I'm here so what's happening I mean it's all good but I'm, I'm saying here. why 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 and I'm here what's happening I'm all good but I'm yeah, saying why say come that, here man. just Look, to I'm curse here. us what's up what's happening man I wanted to see you I wanted to talk to you on your man in your face absolutely you understand me I knew a few places you was at I could have pulled up but I don't think that was gangster I wanted to come look you in your face like a man and tell you how I feel okay you understand me straight up like a man. So no what's the issue? No issue? If it was an issue, you, you'll feel me. I just come to let y'all know, stop, put some respect on my name. You understand me? When y'all saying did, my name, put some respect on it. Did you, did you pull up on Ross that way or Trick Daddy? Man, I'm pulling up on you, nigga. Yeah. But I'm, I'm the radio guy. Why well, I pull up on the radio guy? Don't act tough with the radio guy. I hate my nigga. Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talking. Let's rock. All right. All right. Hey, but. See you later, nigga.
Yeah. Well, grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Nah, we good. We good. Yeah, there you have man, it. Man, what about on my notes? We good. That's it. Yeah, Quickest man. breakfast club in the world. Well, that's the breakfast club. <laughs> I'll good morning. All right. You're after the, you better put some respect yeah. on my name. <laughs> put some respect on my name. Put some respect on my name. <laughs> you know when down with myself when we go at it Saturday. That's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be put in full effect along with uh lasers and gunshots and so forth, silencers. So you know, he's gotta be careful. He's gonna tread a, tread very lightly. Very lightly. I got this. Put some respect on my name. All right. <laughs> respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-K. Respect. Anyway, the reason why I'm even going into this, Cap, is I, w- I was thinking about it. At first, it, you know, listen, I, I have a whole we, – we both talk about this all the time, time about respectability politics, and this is the flip side of the respectability politics argument, that, you know, uh, some of us may feel like we have to provide cover because of tribalism, that, you know, you're, you or I – are not coming from this from this young man's face, you know. But we are all kind of ushered in uh, as a perception that we all have to answer for this this ignorance. And it also passes for a kind of entertainment. I mean, I think I think there are. I glance at this. I believe 105's YouTube imprint. This particular clip has sure millions. I think I might have I might have seen seven million. I mean, this is how it's become a meme, obviously. People are joking. Everyone has something to say about this two-minute two minute hissy fit. And, I, it, it, you know, just to go into it a slightly, from my understanding, listen, just off the cuff, there, uh, Birdman has engendered a lot of, of uh, gossip because of his quote-unquote relationship with Lil Wayne. Little Wayne, the rap artist, who's also these are all minstrels. If you haven't gathered, gathered, uh, cap into our audience, these these are clearly minstrel people. So, uh, I think th- there might have been some, you know, kissing each other on the mouth. I mean, some weird stuff, some weird stuff. That's that's supposed to be his son, but he's only about five years older, or maybe ten years older than than, than at the most ten years older than Little Wayne. You know, Little Wayne's probably thirty-five. Uh, baby's probably forty-three. Something I'm just putting numbers out there. Right? So he's like he's like his dad, brother, lover thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So obviously, when that this kind of weirdness goes around, there's been a lot of speculation. Other rap artists, uh, he mentioned Trick Daddy, and he mentioned I think was it Rick Ross? I think he mentioned a few other rappers who are kind of on the also equally gangsterish, gangsterish slash minstrel. Uh, vibe, they weighed in somewhat clowning their situation. Also, I think they've had a rift, Lil Wayne and, and uh, Birdman. Birdman is essentially his producer or what have you. So there's, there's been a rift. So now there's a lot of speculation, a lot of talk, and a lot of just uh, coonery. You know, coonery that, that passes as entertainment. So he didn't like the fact that he was he was being quote unquote clowned on this show, 
But I think there's a lot of shows that have been clowning, but he decided to go and he took it personal. That's his right. So now everyone has memes, and I'm, I'm suffering for, from getting caught up in this respect, R-E-S-T-E-C-K. But I thought about it, Cap. I said, you know what? Maybe in this young man's madness, there is some sense. There's, there's a sense. Because I think in, in the aggregate, and follow me on this, in the aggregate, maybe culturally, black folk should be more like that in a more sophisticated kind of way. Because when the Anti-Defamation League does their thing, they are, in a sophisticated way, they are requesting... Put some respect on my name. They're requesting that. Cannot defame those of Jewish descent in any kind of way without paying the cost. The Jewish Defa- the, the Anti-Defamation League will come see you. And I'm thinking, we have all these civil rights organizations. I mean, we, we have the, the, the NAACP, the Urban League, uh, National Action Network, Black Lives Matter, a whole host of, of fraternities, sororities, fraternal orders, Fraternities, I'm sorry, yeah, fraternities, sororities, fraternal orders. I mean, we have a lot of organizations, Congressional Black Caucus, and no one, no one takes the attitude of put some respect on my name. Now I'm talking about that from an aggregate situation, not going into a radio station on a particular issue for that, but in essence. I'm talking about when, when, with the, all the N-words, and, we, and excuse the expletives in his rant, but you know, I had to play it unedited. But the type of music that we're forced to listen to, the, the, the diminished quality of the music, the disrespect of our women, you know, we're, we're very quick, very quick to critique, because there's got to be a color angle. If a white person says something loosely, matter of fact, when we get into this Lemonade discussion, Lemonade is the project that Beyonce Knowles recently released. When Piers Brosnan said some things critiquing Lemonade in a recent article, uh, the quote-unquote beehive weighs in. Now, they're just rabid fans of Beyonce. But I also heard other people who are not really beehive members, but they feel like uh, she was disrespected, and, or, or rather her her viewpoint of, of black culture, that she's, she's displaying her blackness through her music now. And because she's doing that, it can't be critiqued, and some folks are ready to ask for respect. But for the totality of the issues that I see, Cap, where I see consistent, constant disrespect of black people and black culture from, from many different angles. I'm talking about casting a wide net. There's no, there's no ADL for black people. And it's causing a lot of murkiness, a lot of problems, and a lot of disrespect, and we're not being taken seriously. That's just, that's just it. But I thought about this. 
because of this this blow up, this meltdown, if you want to call it a meltdown, on 105. What are your thoughts about that? And then we'll move deeper into this issue with Beyonce Knowles. I really don't have anything to add or take away from that, is the truth be told. But I have something to say about Beyonce when you get to that aspect. So back over to you, sir. All right, let, let's um, let's go into it. I, I, I have a, a clip, and I have several clips, but because of time constraints, we'll just try to figure it out. I'm going I'm to go to ABC News. Uh, this is, this is the, 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 the wildness is that you would figure something like this. We're, we're so desperate for attention now that, you know, this is not Michael. This is, you know, Michael Jackson 25, 30 years ago, when you saw a thriller, that was really an event. When, I remember when those days when the, when the video was new. When the video was new, it was an event. Now, we're, I guess we're trying to harken back to that, but it seems like it's based on social media. I mean, people are commenting on, they're commenting on literally bowel movements now. That's to me, it's, it's equivalent to a bowel movement, but we have to have a comment on it. Anyway, Beyonce on ABC News, this Lemonade project. Hold on. Back now with all the buzz about Beyonce and her new album, Lemonade. The superstar setting the internet on fire. The music hitting iTunes just hours ago, already skyrocketing toward the top. Also sparking some new questions. ABC's Lindsay Davis is here with some details on it. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Lara. This is Beyonce's sixth album, comprised of 12 songs, making for one juicy treat for Beyonce fans and beyond. It is more than just drinking the Kool-Aid. People are guzzling the lemonade, and speculation runs wild that these lyrics are a cathartic personal revelation that she was cheated on by husband Jay-Z. This morning, the Bayhive is buzzing over the release of Beyonce's juicy new concoction, Lemonade. What's what? Looking jealous or crazy, I'd rather be crazy. Her much-hyped HBO event, a visual album brimming with celeb cameos like Serena Williams and Zendaya, and teeming with powerful social justice commentary. It's time to listen, it's time to But what really has people talking? the potential lemons that came before the lemonade, hearing sour notes of possible cheating, lies, and distrust. Powerful lyrics being interpreted by many is telling the story of her marriage to Jay-Z. This is such a personal album for Beyonce in a way that's different than her previous work. This now is exploring the betrayal or the infidelities or the conflicts that arise in relationships. Are you cheating on me? Hinted at throughout the hour-long special, apparent infidelity by the rap mogul. You come home at 3 a.m. and lie to me. In one clip, Beyonce dons a wedding dress with a biting ultimatum. In 2014, speculation over rumors of Jay-Z's cheating reached a fever pitch after Beyonce's sister Solange was caught on camera appearing to attack him in an elevator after the Met Ball, seen here in this video obtained by TMZ. In Lemonade, Queen Bey alludes to a mystery mistress who some believe was at the center of that fight. Looking at my watch, you should have been home. Today I regret the night I put that ring on. You better call Becky with the good hair. So who is Becky with the good hair? 
Some are now speculating it's designer Rachel Roy after she posted this pic to her now private Instagram page just hours after the special with the caption, good hair don't care, hashtag no drama queen. Beyonce fans known as the Bayhive Swarm, even hacking Roy's Wikipedia page to include the Becky reference. Roy, who was once married to Jay-Z's business partner, fired back, tweeting, I respect love, marriages, family, and strength. What shouldn't be tolerated by anyone, no matter what, is bullying of any kind. Now that reconciliation is possible, if we're going to heal, let it be glorious. But for all the marital drama lemonade tackles, it ends with a message of forgiveness and redemption. So we're going to heal. We're going to start again. While many thought it might end with Jay and be announcing their divorce, spoiler alert, in the end, she says her torturer became her remedy. And they're staying together. We reached out to Jay-Z, Beyonce, Solange, and Rachel Roy for comment and got no response. Well, I'm watching this movie. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, as if we thought they were going to say that. It was really dark. It was really dark. And, uh, it's so personal. But, right, right. I felt like I was, I was angry with my husband at the end for no reason. You know, it was just like, it was just dark. Oh, no. like that. <laughs> get back to that healing part. Yeah, exactly. All right. Again, folks, the call in number is 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Um, if you'd like to speak, just make sure that you just press 1 so we know that you want to join in on the join in on the conversation. Many folks like to listen to us through their car phones, uh their iPads and so forth. So, um we saw some call some callers come through. Just let us know press number 1. Captain your thoughts well first and foremost I'm not a Beyonce protagonistic person I'm not antagonistic towards Beyonce that being said I think the woman performs very well I give her credit for that you watch Beyonce in her performance you sweat so I give her credit for that definitely now, what I think in circa 2016, what we have going on is a resurgence of worship to new gods. Check comic book mythos for that, new gods, all right? You know what I'm, then you'll know what I'm talking about. I think you have a lot of that going on, meaning which the worship for celebrities is very, very, very high. You want to be in their bathroom. You want to be in their bedrooms. You want to be on their vacation. You actually want to be them, even though you probably couldn't be them. You know, and, but maybe if you're a rapper, you probably could, judging how some of this rap music is. But anyway, back to the point. That being said, I think a lot of celebrities can use that to their advantage. They can be very wise. They can be very slick, put things out because you're worshiping. And when you worship, you're giving your energy, you're drawing in every little thing you want to be part of. At the end of the day, who really cares what's going on with our life? Make the record, make the entertainment, and then that's it. But at the same time, if you're a celebrity, you can inject things in the record to make people run around, go through social media, drum up more sales than you would normally have because they want to be part of the life. 
They want to be with you, you know. That's what we have going on here in social media. From my standpoint, I really don't care either way. Just make the record. I don't care what's going on with Beyonce, all right? Prop yourself up there, shake, do what you do, have fun, make your money, do what you do with Jay-Z. That's my perspective in respect to this. Maybe she was really smart in doing something like this. Who knows? You know, that's it. Back over to you, Afrinerd. All right, we have some calls, and uh, I'll weigh in. I, I have a slightly um, altered view, uh, not that dissimilar. I mean, I will say, because uh, we, really, we really don't have that much of a, of a difference, per se. Per se. I mean, I, I'm not a, a Beyonce supporter, really, because, um, well, I mean, you just, you just can't, you just, everything is not your cup of tea. Um, we'll go into, I'll go into it a little bit more. Let's go to 312. I think this is our friend Serge. Sergio, is that you? Yeah, it is. Um, to make hey, it very Sergio. fast, mm-hmm. how you doing? I'm still doing very, very well. Getting better every week, no doubt about that. You sound um, good. Yeah, and that's what I've been told that too. Um, I even sound better from last week. But uh, what I wanted to say was that I did not see it. I didn't get. It. I didn't even know about it till after it happened. I've seen bits and pieces of it since then. Um, and is it just me, or is this the most overrated thing of the year? I, you know, it's, you know, I unfortunately I read a piece by Melissa Harris Perry, so you know how she wrote about it. I didn't understand a word she said, but she thought it was the greatest thing since the creation of the earth. Um, but the problem I have is that um, everybody is making Beyonce like this incredible genius. She's this artistic genius and radical feminist who is changing the lives of black women. And I'm like, I've heard her talk. Let me rephrase that. I've heard her struggle to talk. I can't believe this person is this genius that everybody's talking about. I think basically I always believe that she's a vessel. I think she simply does what people tell her to do. Um, from what I understand, a lot of it, this, this video was inspired by Daughters of the Dust, which is a brilliant film. Um, so it means if you're copying stuff from other people, then how can you say that you're an original? And also, I don't care. Prince was deep. I don't see any kind of deepness in Beyonce. Well... I'm glad you said that because um, I know you you are a, a classical music aficionado, and uh, I, I tell you what what and I'm a thinking Prince of lover. I, I, a Prince lover, some. Oh, so you thank so God you know. I had the opportunity to see him twice in concert. Well, I, I tell you what I'm thinking of, Serge, and I guess you're not supposed to say this because you're going to have people that fight you. But now that Prince is gone, uh, I think that he provi- you see how he provided cover. For a lot of these these no talents, uh, I see D'Angelo performing, and he did an excellent job. So I'm not taking he's not one of those those people. Uh, he performed a, a song on Jimmy Fallon's um, so, uh, show called uh, "It Always Snows in April," which is one of Prince's signature mm-hmm. songs. Right. And either it was he he was on there, and also the group Princess, which is really um, Maya Rudolph, and we know what lineage lineage she comes from, uh, Minnie Ripperton's. Mm-hmm. Daughter, so and they were they were well, they were well known Prince fans. So anyway, he did a masterful rendition of Prince's of this Prince song, but 
now that I'm seeing the, 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 the lauding over Beyonce, and I, and I took umbrage with her even releasing this in the wake of Prince's death, that we really couldn't... No, I think it was intentional. I think maybe it was supposed to come out later, and they decided to jump on it. Well, you know, you have folks that are fighting you on that. I was on Twitter earlier, earlier today, or yesterday, and there was the question, that question was out there. I think Q-Storm, our, our supporter Q-Storm, had asked, do you, do you think this is a little weird? Do you think this is right? Uh, just kind of put out there as an open-ended question. I said, yeah, I, I don't. I feel I feel a kind of way. I feel it's kind of classless. Maybe the following week, maybe two weeks later. Let's let let's let this let's let this man, an international superstar. Let's let's, let's kind of the sudden nature of the man's death. But that didn't. That is, you know, these these folks don't believe in that. So the machine is working. Going is going to be pushed through anyway. So I have, I felt a certain way, Serge, because of that. But when you see the skill set, which is what you're referencing. You start to see a lot of people that I'm surprised would have any connection to Prince are all of a sudden saying, you know what, this guy really had it. And what it boils down to is we always thought he was going to be there, myself included, and that no matter how bad it gets, we have a select few people we can always rely on to get it done when it comes to what we need to satiate us musically. Stevie Wonder's there now. He's he, he's in his mid sixties. Uh, hopefully, he will stick around for a minute. But we have, we have a, a select few people. Patty's in her seventies. Uh, Diana Ross is in her seventies. I mean, there's certain people we have to be honest that we look at through the iconography that are, that may not be with us, and we were very and dependent don't, and don't upon forget, these people. Don't forget, don't forget. Last week we also lost um, uh, Billy Paul. Billy Paul. Billy. Billy Paul, I'm finding out, the Oracle knew Billy Paul personally, which I wow. did not know. The Oracle knew Billy Paul. But, and again, ushering in the Philadelphia sound, Gamble and Huff, um, you know, me and Mrs. Jones is a staple, a, a truly talented man, and uh, we lose these people, and what we have, yet left, what we have now left is, is innuendo, Passing as greatness, so I'm in. You know, listen. I'll give a person their due, Sergio, if it's really real. But let's not try to make her into the next Abby Lincoln, or or make her into um, Nina Simone. (laughs) No, she's not. She's not Abby Lincoln. She sure is not Nina Simone. Not even close. Not even close. But but the young folks, Serge, the younger, the the millennials. This is this. I wanted to say this because I got to get this out. What's frustrating to me is I'm hearing this, the radio stations like 105.1, they're phrasing questions like, uh, how do you feel about your artists uh, becoming political? Or do you think artists should become political? And I'm saying, has it gotten that bad where we have to ask? Like, this is, it's become some kind of oddity. Like, this was part of the course. Black people being political through entertainment through through their arts, and especially through wax throughout the the, the pre civil rights movement and post civil rights movement, that was par for the course. Now we we have lowered the bar so low, Sergio, that now I'm sitting back, barely able to contain myself with people asking, "Is this proper? Why are you asking something that is that is supposed to be part of the African American standard?" So now because our standards are so low. We have to 
rejigger Beyonce Knowles into the 21st century Nina Simone. That's what they're doing. And it is, it is disrespectful. Put some respect well, on my name. <laughs> <laughs> my new toy. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I love it. Uh, well, look, I, I can't disagree with you. It was par for the course. It was par for the course. If you, back in the 60s or 70s, if you were a black artist, you didn't have to second guess where they also politically involved. Do you know that if in Minneapolis, if you have solar panels in your home, it was probably paid for by Prince? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things coming out. There were so there's many little, things he did. So many things he did that he didn't take credit for or he didn't let people know because he understood. He came from that generation. It is powerful, of course. If you're a black performer, you're also political. You know, and now every everybody's making such a big deal, ooh, because Beyonce wears an Afro wig and poses as a Black Panther. Wow, I'm supposed to be impressed. Well, we went so long. We went so long without this now. We've had a good 20, 25-year run of really not, not, not especially political, enlightening music. Even the early hip-hop, the golden, what they considered the golden age hip-hop, it was whether you like it or dislike it, at least they were, uh, Chuck D famously, famously dubbed hip-hop the CNN, uh, black, the black CNN. Uh, right. Or CNN, of, CNN of, I, think, I think it was a CNN of, of, of the hood or something to that effect. And at that time when he, when he made that statement, no one really challenged that. No one challenged that. Now we have regressed to such a degree that these artists aren't addressing it. And when one artist comes out and does it, in, in, to me, in a, in a rather clumsy way, because we're talking about, I hate to be this analytical, Serge, but this is why people, I, I guess, you know, if you dig the show, this is who I am. Uh, this is, and, and the captain, he goes into his cosmic, cosmic level analysis also. When you look at this for what it is, it is a true minstrel show. When you, talk, when you uh, use terms like Becky with the good hair, now I'm, I'm looking at these white outlets kind of clowning and looking in bewilderment about what Becky means, which I guess is, is just another, another phrase for, for Miss Anne. So you, Becky with the good hair. Then the, then the woman that we're led to believe, Rachel Ray, not Rachel Roy. Uh, no, Rachel, is it, I'm confused. Rachel, Rachel Roy. Rachel Roy, not Rachel Ray. Rachel Roy is of Indian extraction. So she's not really a Becky. And Rita Ora... I hate, this, I hate that I know this. Rita Ora, the performer, I believe, is, is uh, British and, and Latin. She is also not, quote-unquote, a Becky. But if you're half ignorant, many black folk will in label... Yugoslavia. She was born in Yugoslavia, Rita Ora. Who are you talking about? Rita Ora? She's not Latin? No, sir. Her parents are okay, Albanian. I, I... Albanian, her parents. She's born in Yugoslavia. All right. I could have sworn I saw somewhere that she was part Hispanic. Either way, um, I, have, I, I think it's very problematic that we put out our dysfunction, again, for the entertainment of white people. Where they, where they are clowning and talking about this like it's some peculiarity about Becky with good hair. What does that mean? And it, it, it's, 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 it's become a news cycle now. Becky with good well, hair? You know, 
well, you know, reminds me, some people have compared Lemonade to Marvin Gaye's Here, My Dear. Oh. And I'm like, not even close. Not even close. If you don't understand how those two are not even similar, then you do really do not understand <laughs> black music. You really don't. And, you know, once again, and I know you talked about this, I'm sure, the fact that with the passing of Prince and with David Bowie earlier this year and Billy Paul, and, you know, you say to yourself, who's left? There's no one left. Who are the last two original artists? I'm sure they're out there. But, of course, the way how the industry is made up, um, you're never going to find those people, or those people are going to be hard to struggle. Maybe it was easier back then. But now, it's, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. It's how they can market you. Yeah, it's been that way for about a minute. It's been that yeah. way for about a minute, Sergio, and, and uh, it seems like we're not getting any better with it. And I, and, and I just wish that we had – I wish – listen, there's, there's, I come across so much music. If we can start to like kind of expand the musical palette commercially where it's not just Beyonce – but we seem not to, black folks are being forced into this funnel. We're being forced into a funnel of, of art where I don't see other folks going through that same, those same kind of issues. That it seems as if, you know, if, if you are a, a, pers- a white person, you have a, a whole lot more expression at your fingertips. Whereas black people, um, it, you know, listen, you and I, we know where to search and we can kind of do this, but I wish it was more readily known. But then, I've, I've been saying this for quite some time, you're, you're easier to, you're, as a people, we, we're easier to deal with if we're perceived one way. If we're perceived as a monolith, that's the way it goes. But there are a whole lot of singers that are just very creative, even in a modern, modern sense, that could really do, do something to balance out this, this, this minstrelsy. But... Uh, Having your dysfunction put out there, and it's mixed in, you know, we understand that it's addressing the Black Lives Matter. She has uh, imagery of, uh, the, with the mothers of the sons that, that were lost because of police violence. So is, there's yeah, a, but, but it, political, well, hold on, oh, hold on, sir. It's, it's political mixed in with this ratchetness. That's, that's I don't know what that is. No, but here's the thing. You see, that what, this is the kind of thing that annoys me because, yes, she had Trevon Martin and the other person's mother. That's superficial. How many people know that Prince actually gave money to Trevon Martin's family? That's what I'm talking about. Either you're real or you're just a poser, and she's a poser. It's not real. Oh. You know, well, it's fair, easy to have them in a video, but what are you doing well, behind be, the scenes? To be fair, just as the captain corrected me on the ethnicity of Rita Ora, although I'm hearing, I'm looking at Albania, there seems to be some kind of Latin influence because she looks very Latin. Um, there, there is a Latin connection with Albanians because she just looks way too Latin to me. But anyway, uh, we have to be fair that, from my understanding, they did provide uh, some assistance to what happened in Baltimore. I think some of the, the young people that were, that were arrested, I believe they put out bail money. They, they, they're starting to do some stuff, but I, but I actually, uh, actually, Sergio, 
I think that's coming in, in my personal opinion, it's coming in because uh, our boy Harry, Bel- Harry Belafonte put some fire on it behinds because it was, a, it was a, a, an issue so much to the point that when he critiqued um, Jay-Z and said that he felt that Bruce Springsteen was, quote, unquote, blacker than Jay-Z, Jay-Z right, was hurt I by that. I remember that. You know, so and then I and then he, and then Jay Z Jay Z has the nerve to insult Harry Belafonte, a man who's been fighting, a man, now in his eighties, but a man who's been fighting on the front line for fifty years. I think he's turned eighty. I think he turned eighty nine this month, so he's almost ninety. He and Sydney right. are around the same age. And right. again, you're talking about somebody who literally subsidized the civil rights movement. Okay, so you're talking about a whole, and, and again, his art did not conflict conflict with the movement. It's very difficult to be uh, jigga this, jigga what, jigga who, and talk about uh, black male empowerment or black empowerment. I'm not, I don't know how that works. But I'm, I'm, and, to me, and, you know, and don't forget, Harry Belafonte, Belafonte, go ahead. So I was just saying, there's just Johnny come lately. We just have another call, but go ahead, Serge. And very, very quickly before I go, Billy Fonte paid, paid the price for it. There were, for a decade, he was banned from television. He was banned from the movies. He had a hard time struggling, and he never gave up because of his political activism. You know, Jay-Z and Beyonce, they're never going to suffer for whatever they do. Well, that, well, that's another thing. I mean, many of these, many of these modern-day artists are making so much money that uh, to, to disrespect your culture is okay, according to the corporates. Calling calling women bees and hoes and nigga, 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 as if you have Tourette's. The black man's Tourette's is that word. That's fine by the corporate elites. That's perfectly okay. But when you actually talk about empowerment and respect, that becomes controversial. Respect for black people is a controversial thing according to the corporates. Now that that is what I have I take issue with. And the, and again, the fact that for what, for whatever reason, uh I don't know if this is going to become a trend. Because we need we need more than Beyonce. Well even if I disagree with this muddled message of hers. Let's say I don't really agree. But it's a, it's 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 being qualified as some kind of black, pro-black interpretation. Okay, if that's the case, where, why, why isn't this ushering in uh, this kind of music? Whereas uh, during 90s hip-hop, you had a whole wave of artists that were allowed to be black. They were allowed to display rather radical precepts on wax. Now, we just talk about good hair and, and, and having arguments with your with your with your husband, and showing uh, pictures of uh, of deceased deceased black men. I mean, we 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 had uh, fight the power, and you also had what was the other one? Uh, Kirk, um, uh, the the the, the hip hop anthem that the MC Light, who we've had on the show, that she was that she was behind. Very, uh, I can't think of it right now. Anyway, let's go. Uh, let's go to another call. Serge, you can hang on. Hold on. Okay. Seven zero three. Seven zero three. Welcome to the midweek. Tell us who you are. Where you're coming from? Hey, this is Bison from Life calling from DC area. I think you was referencing self destruction. Yes, thank you. Self destruction. 
And first, I want to say a couple of things into my diatribe. First, welcome back, Sergio. Um, I came Thank in you. late, but um, your presence was missed, and uh, hopefully you are recuperating and all is well. It is. I, want to say I am very things. much so. I want to say a couple of things, um, Bieber, and please just let me kind of go through it first. Um, I'm gonna give a little, I'm gonna give my age. I'm you know I'm in I'm a man of a certain age. So <clears throat> my father, who passed over a decade ago, was a music audiophile, and he saw everybody. Well, I mean everybody, everybody. <clears throat> Excuse mm-hmm. me. To include Harry Belafonte. Now, sometimes at, after a certain point, we revere people, but we don't know their history. Let me give you a history about Lena Horne. During mm-hmm. World War II, she would go on these um, entertainment, you know, um, junkets with the USO, and she didn't, she didn't, wouldn't want to fraternize too closely with the black troops. She said, "You're my color, but you're not my kind." Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. No. That. 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 Wait. Wait. But wait. Listen. I, I have a. I have a screensaver with her with the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, Bison. No. No. I said what she said. My uncles were there. They were at Normandy. I talked to them. I talked to several people. I talked to Tuskegee Airmen. I was a military officer. So you're gonna tell me? I'm telling you what people told me. Who were there? History, you know, after a while, people, you know, you can hear what you want. Harry Belafonte performed in segregated clubs, clubs that blacks couldn't go into in Miami and Las Vegas. Harry Belafonte was popular with white America musically, not black America. Name three songs Harry Belafonte did besides the Banana Boat song. He was a popular crossover artist. He wasn't like Billy Eckstein or Lou Rawls. I'm telling you like it is. He was like trying to Michael Jackson probably was not the best example. But I'm just telling you the the, the correct history. I'm not taking away what Harry Belafonte did, but this is the same Harry Belafonte who had some affairs and didn't like dark skin or black women who said that. So if you want to Equate his um his blackness. Just research it. Diana Carroll and Harry Belafonte and some other people. It'll come up. Now the next thing I want to say. I think let's call it what it is. Beyonce. We're not used to black female artists having a voice like that. And saying what you know we can equate. What she's saying, we can, you know, we can acknowledge that. But at the end of the day, most female artists have been puppets for producers. And apparently she's cut the strings. Now, I don't know why people have a problem with that. And as with, um, for every public enemy track in the 90s and the 80s, you had a Tim Dog, you had NWA. So let's not act like the 80s and the 90s and the 70s was all pro-black. It was not. There was a lot of bull crap coming out at the same time, too. The Half bull crap just tended to fade away, and we remember the good stuff. I can name Sweet Potato Pie by Domino, 
um, anything by Tim Dog, NWA. Um, it was a lot of garbage back in the day. So let's not let's not get so nostalgic that we forget that you know for every um, tribe called Quest, there was a Gigolo Tony or a Two Live crew. You know, I mean, we had Ratchet back in the '90s and the '80s. So let's not be so revisionist. But I just want to just st- stop in and say that, and I can hang on. But I just want to put that out that, you know, sometime in our age we become so nostalgic that we ignore what was going on then. And the last point I want to jump in regards to, um, you know, attacking black. You say what you want about Jay-Z and Beyonce, but they're controlling their destiny. I don't. I think a lot of management around them is African-American. A lot of artists, you can't say that about that. Prince had a lot of black management. Not only his management was black, his handlers, his money people were black. And that's very rare. We know who handles a lot of artists' money, and we won't get into that history. And some research will can uncover that. So a lot of these artists who were so pro-black, I had friends who work in the radio business. I called myself once upon a time, hey, I want to be in the radio business. So, you know, I, you know, try to line myself with that. And you will see artists come to radio stations, and the artists will be the only thing that's black. Everything around them was white or Jewish. I'm talking hip-hop artists in the 80s and 90s. So let's not just so be so quick to Jay-Z owns a streaming service. You know, he's moved to own their masters, and I think that's revolutionary. We haven't seen that since Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke started that idea of, of having a radio, excuse me, owning his own record label and having control of his musical destiny. But Prince wasn't the first one. Sam Cooke was the first one. So let's not be so quick to jump on Jay-Z and Beyonce. We might approve the lifestyle, but let's not dissuade for what they've done for Black entrepreneurship in the music industry, and I'll shut up. Yeah. All right, uh, Serge, talk a little bit about about Lena Horne for a minute, because listen, I, I'm a Lena Horne is one of my heroes personally, and I, I've I've always heard listen, there, there's a thing to me, things that go that go on in the black community that, that are very apocryphal. That's our that's to our uh, that's to our detriment. We seem to repeat things. Over and over again, as if they're fact and they're not really. I've been hearing this whole thing about uh, Lena Horne being in denial of her ethnicity for a long time, but I have never seen any footage, any video, a- a- any kind, anything to substantiate this woman being anything but a proud black woman. I mean, any interview I've seen her, she is like fiery black, very radical, and she's been very honest about even with her interracial marriage that she did do that as did many pro-bailing, all these people did that back back then because they felt they had it in order to get a foothold in in society. Listen, even, um, uh, what's her name? Dorothy Dandridge had an affair with Otto Preminger. So someone's paramour, and, and we know, I know that Harry has a white wife. Uh, that, that is inconsequential with what you do. This woman is, this woman is a civil, was a civil rights leader unquestionably, these people, these people are on the front line, and their careers suffered for some of their views. But the, they weren't on the front line. Hold on, hold on. First of all, um, 
I absolutely agree with everything you said. Lena Horne, people forget, was blacklisted during the 1950s, during the Red Scare, for her political activities. During the 1950s, she had a very hard time finding work because she had been labeled a commie or a communist sympathizer because of her political activities and her political work. So to say that she didn't do anything, that she just sat there, I've heard that story before about what she told the soldiers. I still believe that's a rumor. That's been going around for years. Um, in terms of Harry Belafonte performing in segregated clubs, I will have to check on that. First of all, I never heard that before. Number two, there were black performers who did perform in segregated clubs. I know for a fact Duke Ellington did, you know. Um, but, you know, you can't – okay – you you cannot deny that 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 uh, people like um, Lena Horne, uh, Harry Belafonte, and others they were on the front line. They were very much involved in the civil rights movement. They did everything that they could, and like I said, career wise, they suffered. They suffered. I'm not criticizing Jay, Jay-Z's or Beyonce's lifestyle. From what I understand, they're probably fine, you know. Uh, I'm just not buying that. And, yes, he started, okay, true, they run their own business. That's fine. I just don't think they're just as deep and as politically activated as people want to believe they are. I think, I think what happens is that, we have seen so rarely, particularly in the last 20 years, of black celebrities actually being political, which was more common in the 1960s. It's so rare now that even when Beyonce puts out this video, you know, and people see it as a feminist statement and a political statement, they're so starved for it that, you know, they cheer up the ladder and make her this person that I don't think she is. As I said before, you know, I've heard her talk. You know, I mean, I can't buy it that she's this really deep, radical thinker and political activist. I ain't buying it. You sir, know, he, sir, sir, Bison, Bison, Bison talked about people being manipulated on the string. I think, how do I know that everything that she does hasn't been manipulated by Jay-Z? How do I, how do I know that everything she does, he came up with the idea for it? How do I know? Well, let, well, hold on. Hold on for a second, because I'm on I'm on this apocryphal, apocryphal thing with black people. What we do we do it's like barbershop talk where we repeat the whole thing that trope of uh, there's more men in black men in prison than there are in college. We find out later on that's really not true. If you go into college college age, but for years I repeated it. We we've been repeating the Willie Lynch story. We found out that that wasn't true. Right. That Willie Lynch, the man that wrote Willie the Willie, he said I made it up. To get to motivate yeah. black people, well, we repeated it as true. So let me give, let's give the information since, and listen, I have deep respect, respect, R E S P C K, deep respect for Bison. Okay, he he is my uh, my black HBCU homie, but let's go to let's go to the record and get clear this up for my dear Lena Horne. Can, can, can I add black, another one to black oh, no, people? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got I got to put this out there because because I, I want the yeah. record to be set. Okay, we have, we're a fact based show. This is a blurb on Lena Horne's civil rights activism, countering what Bison just said—that apocryphal black stuff. 
Horn was long involved with the civil rights movement. In 1941, she sang at Cafe Society and worked with Paul Robeson. During World War II, when entertaining the troops for the USO, she refused to perform for segregated audiences or for groups in which German POWs were seated in front of African-American servicemen. According to her Kennedy Center biography, uh, according to her Kennedy City biography, because the U.S. Army refused to allow integrated audiences, she wound up putting on a show for a mixed audience of or, or, or black U.S. soldiers and white German POWs. Seeing the black soldiers had been forced to sit in the back seats, she walked off the stage to the first row where the black troops were seated and performed with the Germans behind her. She was at an NAACP rally with Becca Evers in Jackson, Mississippi, the weekend before Edgar, Edgar Evers was assassinated. She also met uh, JFK at the White House, blah, 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 blah. Uh, she was at the March on Washington. She spoke and performed on behalf of the NAACP, the SNC, SNCC, and the National Council of Women. It goes on and on. Okay? But I've been hearing all this crap about Lena Horn was the denial. And every time I saw Like It, like it Is, uh, that great show that we don't see anymore, that we need, that get, this woman was radicalized. I mean, she didn't speak anything like this. She spoke a whole lot, a hell of a lot blacker than Miss Lemonade. But I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't do apocryphal. I'm just saying. And this is all respect to my boy Bison. But that's, that's what it is. This is pretty much a historical hey, record about can, can, can activism. Can I say something? The only sure. black artist I know who literally gave up everything during the Civil Rights Movement was probably Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory was literally the no. Eddie Murphy Paul Robeson, of Paul Robeson died. Paul Robeson. I had Paul Robeson to that because he was blacklisted in America, but he still had a career, more or less. No, I he mean, did not. Saying, he had he, he had his passport revoked by the United States government at the height of his promise. He could not even he wasn't even allowed to leave the country when he had offers overseas. He could not take it but he because the United States government America. had revoked he still his passport. In America, though, I'm talking about no career. I'm talking about their career shut down and was over. Who was that? Name that person. Paul Robeson. Also, I'm thinking of uh, who played uh, Catwoman, the black Catwoman. Why can't I think of her name right now? Eartha Kitt. I'm going to say this. Yeah, Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt would do that, too. Eartha Kitt would do that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I've been to Tuskegee events at military bases. And don't ask how the conversation started. It just started. Where Tuskegee Airmen brought this up. Now, I'm not saying it may be one of those things that just saw that lie that just, you know, just kind of took a life of its own. But I've heard it more than once. And more than this, this wasn't, these were Tuskegee Airmen who were in theater during World War II. Now, saying somebody, everybody went to the March on Washington, that was a thing to do. Oh, come on, man. It's, it's, it's like way going, too many things. Deeper, that's like going to the goddamn Black Lives Matter march in in, in, in Ferguson, and the next day you're going back to L.A. That's what they did. They weren't getting their heads cracked in Selma, Alabama, or in Albany, Georgia, or in Mississippi. That's what I'm talking about. I ain't talking about showing up in the march in Washington. Marlon Brando did that. That's all I'm saying. I'm not taking away from Lena Horne and what she's done. 
she was a great black American. I'm just telling you what so well now dead told me back in the eighties and nineties at events. That's not taken away from her civil rights um, advocacy and what she's doing. And you're saying that he actually heard her say that. That's what you're saying? I or you heard it from somebody else? They said they were there. They, they, they were at USOs are tours. They are. They, they'd be at base A Monday, base B Tuesday, base B C Wednesday. They would go to different places in theater to perform. I talked to people who went to one, and this is what they told me. I wasn't there. I'm just regurgitating what they told me. Well, I don't know. This person said, look, I, you like me, but you're not my kind. This is what I, man, uh, I don't believe it. it completely. Okay. The reason why, no, the, the reason why is because I've heard that story before. I have heard, heard that too. story before. And the thing about it is that if you hear it, if you hear that story and you say that you talk to a guy who said, well, there, I get a little suspicious because that's like the Sophia Stewart wrote the Matrix won a two million dollar lawsuit yeah, against well, that's, that's, we repeat that too. It didn't happen. We repeat but that too. hear black people this week. I'm getting black people asking me, "Is it true? This thing is ten years old. It's not true. She's a certified nutcase." But black people still want to believe that this black woman wrote the Matrix and the Terminator. And won a $2 billion suit against Warner Brothers. It's not true. There's a T-shirt I'm even worse. It's funny you even mention There's a T-shirt I'm working on because I love the photograph so much. I even have it as a screensaver where it has clearly – it's a great historical photograph of Leon Horn in the cockpit surrounded by Tuskegee Airmen. So, I mean, mm-hmm. this whole thing of, of brown skin – since, since some of us play PlayStation Olympics, brown skin, black soldiers – Looking fine as ever in the in the middle of all these black men in the 1940s, and I'm I, I plan to get that done as a T-shirt. Now, but I, I still I've seen countless videos. It's a part of the historical record. I've I've heard the woman speak herself, not sounding like some some like some uh, some woman that's trying to put on airs, and but yet I still hear this this counter story from black. I've been hearing it in barbershops for decades. And, and, and the, the Oracle has told me he's never he's never he's he's discounted this, but he's a and he is a hairstylist and he's he, he comes up against this apocryphal talk time and time again that the historical record does not bear this out. It just doesn't. There's no historical evidence that shows that this woman was in denial of a race because no, they, they, hey, no one said no, no one said wait, that. No one said that. And, and, but I'm saying, I'm saying that's, the, that's what people have said. They said this thing about, about uh, Adam Clayton Powell Jr., another one of my heroes, no evidence of it. He admitted when he's at Colgate College that, yes, there's a point where he, he thought he could pass, but he never was comfortable with it. Boom, black man. He, most of the stuff is, is, is at, under admission. They admitted the stuff in their youth, but then they came around. And when you hear um, footage of... Adam Clayton Power Jr. He's the blackest guy I ever seen. That that black talk that I like, but the quote unquote the quote unquote niggas that are representing us now they are, they are no they can't even hold the 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 bags of the people that we're talking about. No way, no how they can't even they're not even the same universe of those entertainers. 
And those entertainers did risk a lot when the money wasn't – the money was a lot of money for that time now, but no one's risking millions in this day and age. They're not doing it. And their advocacy is suspect. Anyway, I want to go to a quick groove. I want to keep you gentlemen on if you like. I want to go to the Harriet Tubman issue. I'm pretty sure you want to hear about that. We got our 17 minutes uh, more purple room groove. I'm still in mourning. Uh, <laughs> uh, let, let, let's 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 talk about this Harriet Tubman thing in a moment. Um, anyway, more is royal badness. Give you about two minutes. This is Calhoun Square. And then we'll we'll get to the discourse about uh, Harriet Tubman. Hold on, folks. Listening to the drummer, but you still want to have fun. It shouldn't be work. Two, three, baby.
Ah, I hate doing that. Anyway, pulling out the phaser, Calhoun Square, Prince. We got about 13 minutes remaining. Our stalwart supporters, Bison for Life, and of course Sergio Mendes from Chi Town, they're on hold. Uh, I want to talk about this because of time constraints. I want to talk about this hullabaloo, this hullabaloo about the Harriet Tubman being put on the $20 bill uh, on U.S. currency. And I know that Ben Carson, uh, man, Ben Carson is a problem, man. <laughs> I'll be the first. I'm, a, I, I'm honest. You know, I, I, I'm not comfortable with his view. This is someone who clearly uh, he doesn't want, want to be honest about the situation. But, you know, the fix is in. I guess he feels like he needs to do this to say these things. I, I don't really see the big deal, actually. I mean, if anything, it's uh, symbolic. And I, and I actually have heard arguments on both sides, even from, from the red, black, and green uh, black folk that will tell you, well, you know, uh, Harriet Tubman was a former slave. Uh, she was a commodity, and I say that in quotes, and now she's being put symbolically as commodity. So some folks are against it for that purposes, and they have folks that believe that uh, President Jackson was this, this above-board president when clearly he was not as he owns slaves, and he's largely responsible for the Trail of Tears, which was, uh, gentr- um, which was genocide for Native Americans. So, I mean, the historical record is the historical record. So let me see if I can find this clip quickly, and then we'll wax on this. But this is Ben Carson at his worst, discussing this with Megyn Kelly. Hold on. Well, it's a story we reported on earlier this week on The Kelly File, and today the Treasury Department made it official. Abolitionist Harriet Tubman will replace former President Andrew Jackson as the new face of the $20 bill, beginning in 2020. The reaction you heard before the break from Dr. Ben Carson set off a fierce debate today, but the former presidential candidate is standing by his suggestion that Ms. Tubman does not belong on the 20. Are you Uh, anti-Harriet Tubman? No, no, okay. I, I love Harriet Tubman. Right. I love what she did. But we can find another way to honor her. Maybe, uh, maybe a $2 bill. Dr. Ben Carson joins us now. The two? The two is like the leave. Nobody, the two? What? <laughs> the, point, the point being, we have lots of options here. We can have a $200 bill. Uh, but, you know, Andrew ja- Jackson was the last president who actually eliminated the national debt. That's no small feature. We also have the possibility of putting one person on the front of the bill and one person on the back of the bill. That's what's happening. He's moving to the back. He's moving to the front. It doesn't matter who's on the front or who's on the back. But the point being, that would be very symbolic because, you know, Harriet Tubman was a slave herself. Andrew Jackson was a slave owner, mm-hmm. and to give them equality like that, I think would be a great symbol. Well, but you're, but we you're need making, to have lots you're of making Jack Lou's argument. He's saying this is this, that's what I'm doing. Jackson's there. He goes to the back, and the woman who fought, who was a slave and fought slavery and fought for women's rights as well, she's going to the front. So, what's your problem, Dr. Carson? <laughs> it's not a problem. In fact, I think you know there's been so many great women in the history of America. The fact that we don't have any of them on any of our currency, I think, is a shame. And we have an opportunity now to do that. So that, that really was the point that I'm making. I don't think we necessarily have to kick somebody else 
out of the way. Especially when we not have alive plenty to of opportunities to honor those who have done great things. It feels kind of know? mean, but <laughs> you know, Greta was suggesting earlier we should create a new bill. Why don't we have a $25 bill? Everybody wins. What do you think of that? That's a, that's a, a good possibility too. We have lots of possibilities, all kinds of things that we can do. But uh, you know, as you can imagine, there will come a time when we won't have currency at all. I don't think it's all that far into the future. You know, you can't but, you can't uh, please everybody. It while we can. Some groups today were came out and said, "Look, uh, Harry Tubman was bought and sold as a commodity, and the Treasury, unless it's a master of irony, is not getting that maybe." She wouldn't want to be the symbol of a, of a bill at all. Your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter what you do. Somebody's going to be offended. You know, you know about that's this. the society that we live in. All right, uh, enough. All right, let me bring this, you know, I, I had enough. Gentlemen, any thoughts on this? I mean, uh, do you feel pride? Do, do you feel anything? Is it indifference? Long time coming? Or much, much ado about nothing? What are your thoughts about uh, famed abolitionist Harriet Tubman being put on the $20 bill? I don't. I don't have a problem with it. You know, I think it's fine. You know, um, the only thing I worry about is what about now? What a guy's going to do when they go to strip clubs and uh -huh. you know they, uh, you know, they're going to have to give the, the stripper a twenty dollar bill with Harriet Tubman staring at them. How would he feel about that? I don't know. No. Um, but I don't have a problem <laughs> with it at all. Not at all. By the way, very quickly. Uh, I gotta send you an article about under the cherry moon. Remind me. Okay. Okay. Good. A um, uh, guy who's defending it. Well, you know, I'm a fan, so I mean, you know, it's not purple rain, but I mean, I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, Bison, any thoughts on Harriet Tubman being on U.S. currency? Well, I basically want to basically the same thing as. Um, Sergio, um, I, I think it's a good thing. Um, as for twenty dollars in the strip club, you throwing twenties in the strip club, you got a problem. But yeah, you know, I, I don't have any problem. I don't have any problem with it. a quick thing, um, uh, Sergio. I don't know if you're coming back on Saturday. I'd like to hear your views on Miles Ahead if you was able to see it. I saw. I have it. not seen it yet. I have seen Nina, and I'll get to that oh. on another day. Woo! <laughs> I know. Hey, David. It, Deber, I want yeah. to say this. I've only walked out of one movie in my entire life, and that was Graffiti Bridge. It was that bad. Yeah, I didn't but, see that. Um, I mean, I saw it on, on video. No, but I now, bet I, you sure didn't walk out on Sign of the Times. Oh, no. Well, that, Maybe that the was, greatest that, concert film ever made. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that was, that was 100. I saw that several times. No, that, that was meant. You know, I think after the Under the Cherry Moon... He realized his strengths were just doing a straight-up concert movie. Right. And you know. it's not on DVD in the United States, which is a shame. I'm sure yeah, somebody's planning to release it now. I would think. But, it, it's, you know, if, if I've got, I think I got it uh, from uh, Amazon UK or something. I have a, I have a Yeah, it's, non it's probably available in, in, in overseas, but not in the States. Right. Well, listen, you um, know so well that everything's going to be released now. Um, I'm hearing that there's actually two completed films in the vault from Prince. I don't know like, about I, that. I, I heard like two films. I don't know about that. I do know that they're estimating that he had so much unpublished music, unreleased music, it could literally last 100 years. 
yeah. And what? by the way, by the way, yesterday in California, there was a purple rainstorm. Wow. Literally, I did not hear- a purple rainstorm yesterday in California. Talk about the irony of that. It's what not irony. It's Prince. What I thought was spectacular about him is the whole story behind the Black Album and Sign of the Times. It was literally his Stevie Wonder's talking book through Songs of the Key of Life phase, where he was just dropping good albums back to back, and you know he would never get he, you know he just finally getting credit for that. But um, like a dummy, I bought the Black Album for X, which I should have kept for myself, but. I mean, just from, if you, I, I think the album that kind of, I know I'm drifting a little bit, but we got to talk about Parade because I think that's one of his albums really is underrated. He really oh, went yeah. a different direction with that. W- one quick thing, I want to mention this just for informational purposes, and uh, I haven't yet decided what the Purple Room will be. You know, I, We have the Blue Area, and upon recommendation from the Oracle, you said you need to have something called the Purple Room. So I'm going to figure out what that segment will be. That's going to be a permanent segment. Um, I want to just make note, uh, kudos to Detroit youths. I'm seeing mostly women, uh, which is fine, but brothers have to start learn. Uh, young brothers are going to have to figure this out, man, because black women are winning, clearly. But I'm looking at a photograph of young teenage women from Detroit who win the national chess, who were winners of the national chess competition um, University Prep Science and Math in Detroit in the under-14 category, uh, lovely young women, young, young black girls, girls of color, who uh, have this distinction. And, um, you know, being, being proficient in chess is very in, indicative of a lot of things, most notably cogitations, which is all we're all we are all about at Afro Nerd. So I just have to applaud that. And you know, I, I if anything, gentlemen, you know, we can talk about Lena Horn and, 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 and all that. But and I believe she represents a type of excellence also. But we, we have to start making note of this kind of stuff. Really. Uh maybe about maybe uh I don't know. I, I gotta make maybe the purple room might be that. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But I, I like the term purple room, so I'm gonna run with that. You know, I have to if tell you something very very quickly before we go, this kind of excellence you talk about happens all the time. Unfortunately, it's not covered as it should be by the media. And unfortunately, since the black media was ever was ever left of it, uh, does not, that, you know, we get these things in drips and drafts. So uh, it happens all the time. Uh, and one of the final things yep. I want to say is that this week, starting next week, will be the final week that Shadow and Act will be on IndieWire. IndieWire has now changed. I can say this officially now. Uh, We won't Mm -hmm. be around. We are coming back. We'll be back as an independent site the way we were originally. And we're not going anywhere. We'll be back. Uh, It's just that IndieWire has been sold and they're changing their policy and it doesn't fit us. And it's just not us. Other contributors to to IndieWire are leaving too. They kind of destroyed themselves. But Channel and Ag will be back. We'll be back as an independent site within the next week. Hey Sergio, I just want to thank you for that site, man. It's it's a it's a beacon that I go to often. That you know you highlight films in the diaspora. So I'm publicly just saying that you've done a great thing with that site. So. Keep it up, and when you get to the new site, I'll be there. 
If it's some financial stuff you need, just wave the flag. I'm sure myself and others will come. Yeah, we we probably were going to start a um, f- uh, crowd, f- you know, crowdfunding program. Um, and also, you know, we're talking to people about advertising as well because, but uh, it started as an independent site. We went to IndieWire. Didn't work out exactly as well as we did, as we thought it would. So we're back to being independent again. Maybe we should always should have been independent, you know. Um, but there you go. Well, listen, I think, you know, there's always a silver lining, Serge, and we spoke about this behind the scenes. I think going independent may be the best for you anyway. Ultimately, I agree it's, with it's you too. For... I absolutely agree with you. Maybe we should always independent is the way to go. You know, let's do it ourselves and go independent and and everything. Yeah, okay. We're not gossip. We're not media takeout, but we not provide yet. a service. <laughs> we provide a service, not yet. And and uh, we're just going to keep going at it because there's too much out there to cover. There's too much out and there, I, and, and no one and else is doing that. And mind you, I mean that financially, not like that, that ratchet stuff. I know that what you're doing, you know, I think you will be as popular as they would be, but for a much greater purpose. Because we just need mm-hmm. class. You know, yeah. we're being told that class is gone. I, I, don't, I don't think so. Gentlemen, we'll be back on Saturday. Um, I made this a shorter show, unfortunately. But we'll do it again on Saturday, and we'll, uh, you know, just keep in touch. We'll keep doing it. Keep strong, folks. Um, let's go more purple badness forever in my life. Saturday, 6 p.m., The Grindhouse. See you guys. Great.
baby, baby. 